Well, 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 look who it is. It's you. And it's me. Back again for another exciting, informative, exhilarating, some may say entertaining, episode of the Comparison Group Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hope you've been enjoying the shows. I think I got another good one for you. And I'm not going to play around with it. I'm going to get right down to business because we got a lot to get through. Before I start, I do want to put myself in, nominate myself for a podcasting Pulitzer. I'm pretty sure they give those out for being the first person to ask the question about Donald Trump's census. Can someone please look into this? Look into Donald Trump's census. I see the AP has reported that. Donald Trump's administration did not count everyone in the census as they claimed. They undercounted people in prisons, in colleges, in nursing homes. Seems kind of important to me. If someone could just check into that, verify that I broke the story and give me my podcasting Pulitzer. Thank you very much. Let's start the show. So people really seem to enjoy the last show answering COVID objections. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate all the downloads. It was a tremendous amount of downloads. So much so, I have a major announcement. This show has hit another huge download milestone. Thank you so much. This was a big one. It was definitely a big one. And I hit this milestone in a third of the time it took me to hit the last milestone. Now, some people may say that's because the show is getting better. Others may say it's because I figured out how to use Twitter. Irregardless, it was a big achievement. I'm not going to give you the number because it can be misleading. Because some people think podcasting is like putting videos on YouTube, and it's not. YouTube is different than podcasting. Podcasting is an investment in time for people. Not as many people will listen to podcasts as will click on a video on YouTube. So it's not like Instagram. It's not like YouTube. Podcasting is a very different uh, form of media altogether. So I don't want to give the number and then have someone comment to me, that's not that many downloads. Trust me, it is. Also, I've only done about 20 shows. So The number may not seem that impressive to some people, but I'm pretty happy with it, especially when you consider that I just started doing this. I don't know anything about it, and I just like to take a minute to truly thank the people who are total strangers, but take the time to listen to my show. When I started this show, I had no idea if anyone would care about some nobody a guy with no pedigree in politics or education. I just wanted to be a helpful, entertaining voice. Nah, that sounds sounds rehearsed. It sounds rehearsed. I need these rubes to buy it. I need them to think I'm sincere. Nah, suckers. I know it's probably not good to call your listeners rubes and suckers, but I told you, I don't know what I'm doing. But in all seriousness, I appreciate it. Please keep listening. Please share the show. The website www.thecomparisongroup.com. Follow me on Twitter at 
comparison underscore show. Find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, anywhere you get podcasts, you can find the show. Thanks a lot. Other comments. People like what I said about gun violence in urban cities. Some people didn't like it. Some people did. If you didn't like it, fine. But was I wrong? Was I inaccurate about anything that I said about people taking more personal responsibility in some of these communities about it not just being about reducing the number of guns in the communities? If I was wrong, tell me. Some people seem to want to uh, comment to me in a foreign language. Uh, I speak American. If you write to me on Twitter and Chinese, I have no idea what you're saying. Sometimes I'll show off my French or my Spanish, but I speak American. So I don't know if you're yelling at me. I assume you were because I saw exclamation points, which I think is interesting. Does the Chinese written language not have their own punctuation? I don't know. But no, I'm not going to put it in Google Translate. I have my life to live. So please, if you'd like to comment to me on Twitter, please write it in a language that I can understand. I am not CP3O from Star Wars, fluent in six billion forms of communication. Thank you very much. What else? Some people took it upon themselves to comment about Sydney McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my girl, Sydney, in the Olympics, 400 meter hurdles. She won her race, set a record. And I knew I shouldn't have talked to you about her. I knew I shouldn't have mentioned her to her because people feel the need to comment. She's not that hot. She's not pretty. She's too skinny. I knew it. I knew people were going to criticize as soon as I mentioned her. But you know what? I don't care. This is not about you. This doesn't have anything to do with you. This is betwixt me and Sydney. I'm not answering any more comments. Let's start the show. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to attempt in the next 20 minutes or so to take you through every emotion, sadness, anger, frustration, and then happiness. Let's start with sadness. And I'm going to play a clip. And I'd like to thank Joe Madison from SiriusXM. Uh, Joe Madison is a show I listen to and I enjoy very much. And this clip is from a phone caller to his show. And Joe Madison uh, graciously has given permission to play this clip. Not directly to me, but the clip was so moving that after the call, he said on his show, anyone in media can play that clip. So I'm just going to go ahead and consider myself in media and play the clip. But th thank you, Joe Madison. I want to make sure I give him credit for the clip and a shout out to his show. Uh, he is on Sirius XM at six o'clock in the morning on the Urban Channel, I believe. So here's the clip. Get ready to be sad. Hey, hey Joe. Uh, uh, I appreciate you and Sherry putting out the information I'm doing. I'm I'm not going. I'm trying not to get emotional as I go through that. But my mom, she she literally just died probably about six or seven hours ago from COVID pneumonia. And what I can't realize is why are people, you can take my debit card for the soil job. Why are people so goddamn dumb until they hit their doorstep about this disease? I mean, I'm suffering right now. I lost my mom. I've been taking care of my mom for the last... She had a stroke in 2018. I've been taking care of her, and the home health care aide came in this house and not wearing a mask, coughing sick, 
knowing she shouldn't have never came through the door anyway. Two weeks later, my mom gets COVID and died just that quick. But I just don't understand why are people just so ignorant about a mask. Yeah. I, well, we got know. a dumbass governor, Parson, yeah. fighting our mayor here telling about don't wear a mask because of a selfish ass person that didn't put on a mask. My mom did not wake up this morning. I literally had to go see her. She died by herself. Now, I edited that call down a bit, but the gentleman talked about how he had been vaccinated and he had just gotten his mother vaccinated. I suppose it took a bit longer because they had to come to her home. She wasn't able to leave the home to go get vaccinated. And she had been vaccinated that week. And as we should know, it takes two weeks after the vaccination to get the full immunity. So she got infected and she passed away. And I know there are people out there who I don't understand for the life of me who will try and punch holes in that guy's story and say, well, why didn't his mother have a mask on? Why didn't he tell the home health aid not to come to the home without a mask or make sure the home health aide had a mask. And all I can say is it doesn't matter. The accuracy of the story, it doesn't matter. Whether or not his mother really got sick from the home health aide or from another member of her family coming to visit her. And this is something I really, really wish the CDC, Fauci, Biden, anyone can put into people's heads and make people understand. It seems like the simplest thing, but this is something that people need to just understand. Someone gave his mother COVID. Someone. It didn't just appear in her body. Someone gave it to her. And the person who gave it to her got it from someone else. And that person got it from someone else. And that person got it from someone else. The chain only breaks when either one of the people in the chain die or COVID comes up against someone with immunity. That's when the chain breaks. There is no other way for the chain to break. And the chain will continue to go and the virus will continue to mutate because as it gets tougher and tougher to find people in the chain to infect, it will change until it finds someone in the chain to infect. Why don't people seem to understand that basic information? I posted something on Twitter that I thought was just a simple statement saying we need to stop this before the virus mutates into something similar to what we had in 1918, when if you got sick with that virus, it had mutated in such a way you would get sick in the morning and be dead by the evening. And I got people commenting back to me, that's some impressive fear mongering you're doing there, saying I was fear mongering. Meanwhile, it's completely and truthful, accurate statement. I went to look for it just to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. And sure enough, 
comes right up. An article from History.com. You know, the History Channel people. So unless the History Channel people are part of the deep state or they're in on this with China, I don't know why they would lie. But there's an entire article on History.com that I will post to the website that you can read for yourself. I, I will stand corrected on one thing. You would get sick in the morning and be dead by the next morning. So forgive me for my error there. But the 1918 pandemic mutated in such a way that healthy young people got sick and were dead within 24 hours. And I was simply making a statement. We don't want that. And people jumped right on me. Ah, you're fear mongering. Ah, that's 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 a bunch of nonsense. How can we still be in a place in this country where people are so uninformed about the danger of this virus? Sad. But don't put away those tissues just yet. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This one's really going to get you. And if it doesn't, you got a heart of stone. I heard a woman call into the, the same show, Joe Madison show. Shout out. She was a nurse and she called into the show. And during the conversation, she said perhaps what I thought was the saddest thing I have heard in this entire pandemic. She said as a nurse, her hospital is full of COVID patients and she has family members that show up or bring in the patient and they want to see their loved one. And she has to tell them, you can't, you can't visit them. You can't even wait here in the hospital. No one is allowed in the building. You have to leave. And she said, these people go and they sit in the parking lot in their cars and they sit in the parking lot in their cars for days. They don't leave. They tell the nurses as they're coming to work the next day, tell my wife, tell my husband, I'm still here. I haven't left. I won't leave. And they sit in the parking lot in their cars and they eat and they sleep. And I assume they pray for days. That got me. I heard that and I was crying like I was watching the end of Rocky. That got me. Let's move on to anger. Just two states, Florida and Texas, account for one third of all new COVID-19 cases in the entire country. Just two states. Look, we need leadership from everyone. If some governors aren't willing to do the right thing to beat this pandemic, then they should allow businesses and universities who want to do the right thing to be able to do it. I say to these governors, please help. But if you aren't going to help, at least get out of the way of the people who are trying to do the right thing. Use your power to save lives. Our next guest was amongst one of the Republican Congress members there who marched onto the Senate floor this week in protest of the new ridiculous mask mandate. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds is here. Thanks for joining us, sir. Really appreciate it. Hey, Dan, it's good to be with you. Congressman, do you plan on complying with this ridiculous, non-science-based mask mandate? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, it will not happen. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the clerk on the floor, she looked at me and she said, sir, do you know you need a mask? And I looked at her and said, that's what I heard, but I'm not doing it. So you do what you have to do. What about all of it? We've been right about all of it. Woo, yes. Yes. These wicked fools don't win in the end. They don't win. 
one in the end. So all this fear bull crap is that. It is bull crap. Say amen. I know you've never been to a church where a pastor told you to say amen after I said bull crap. It's better than what I want to say. I call it real BS. Biblical stupidity. Biblical stupidity. So I know I wasn't going to say nothing about it, but I think I feel froggy enough. I'm going to jump right now and just say this. I am not apologizing for what I said on this platform last week. The Delta variant was nonsense then. It is nonsense now. You will not wear masks in this church. You will not wear masks in this church. I'm telling you right now, do not get vaccinated. Do not get vaccinated. I don't care what you think about me. I don't need your money. I don't need your hand clap. I don't need more people on social media to follow me. I ain't following along with it. Joe Biden's days are numbered. I said they're numbered. I've told you the whole time this election was fraudulent. We got so much proof. The only people that can deny it are crack-smoking, demon-possessed leftists. Whoa, I'm about to tear this whole pulpit in half. Before I get to what I want to say, what scientific study do these people need to determine if masks help, if masks are necessary if you're sick? And if you say, well, yeah, sure, if you're sick. Well, that's the whole point. You don't know if you're sick with COVID. You may be sick and not know it. That's the point of wearing a mask because people have things flying out of their filthy mouths when they talk or laugh or cough or sneeze. So what scientific study do you need to inform you that mask would help with that? There's never been a scientific study about whether or not Ivanka Trump's boobs are fake, but I have eyes. Moving on to what I want to talk about after those clips. Narcissistic personality disorder. A disorder in which a person has an inflated sense of self-importance, selfishness, involving a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, a need for admiration, self-centeredness. One of the biggest traits of a narcissist is an inability to admit when they are wrong. Everything, and I do mean everything, you see from anti-vax people, anti-mask people, attack Fauci people, is all born out of former President Donald Trump and his narcissism. Now walk through this with me. COVID hits. Trump spends all of January, most of February, downplaying it, calling it a hoax, saying we got it under control. Don't worry. It will be gone soon. Even when he started taking it seriously in March, he still talked as if it was no big deal. It's like the flu. It's not serious. Don't worry. We got it all under control. Don't worry. We'll be open by Easter. He still downplayed it. The CDC came out with their guidelines for everyone to start wearing some sort of face covering, wear a mask on April 3rd of 2020. Donald Trump had quite possibly made hundreds of statements downplaying COVID between January and April 3rd. So for him, it wasn't a mask. 
it was him admitting he was wrong. Something a narcissist is incapable of doing. Something a psychotic narcissist definitely can't do. For him to put on a mask, it was a visible admission for the whole world to see. I was wrong. And his narcissism wouldn't allow him to do it. Now, I'm far from the first person to say Donald Trump is a narcissist. That's not breaking news. But put the two things together. If he was capable of just coming out and saying, oh, wait, things have changed now in April. Let's all put on a mask so we can get this over and done with. And if we all put on a mask, it'll go away very quickly and beautifully. You know how he talks. It would have been a very simple thing for him to do. And if he had done that, none of this nonsense, none of it, none of the controversy over wearing a mask would be going on. Just because Donald Trump could not simply do that, you have people dragging their children to super spreader protest events, making them hold up signs saying, I don't want to wear a mask in school, when you know the children have absolutely no idea what's going on and why they're there. You have people saying silly things like there's no science behind wearing a mask. What science do you need? You have people trying to straddle the fence and saying, well, we want to leave it up to the parents. We want to leave it up to the parents to decide whether or not the children wear a mask. The problem with that is, you know, children, if children go to school and the parents say, now, I want you to keep this mask on, Billy. Is Billy going to keep the mask on? Probably not. He's going to lose it. It's going to get dirty. He's going to see his friends not wearing a mask or pulling down his mask and he will pull it down, too. But if there's a mandate in place, it at least gives the teachers and the school the ability to say, you lost your mask. Here's another one. Or Billy, pull up your mask or Billy, keep your mask on. But with no mandate in place, a parent who wants to send their child to school with a mask just has to hope that mask stays on. So they're really not being given a choice in the matter, all because of Donald Trump's narcissism. There have been people killed for telling someone to put on a mask. Clerks in stores have been killed for telling someone to put on a mask. There have been people punched and beaten on airplanes for telling someone to put on a mask. I'd put on a Darth Vader helmet if you told me it would keep me safe from COVID. But all because of Donald Trump and his narcissism. And not because of some noble thought that he had in his head like freedom. He didn't even say that when the reporter asked him, why won't you put on a mask? He didn't say, well, it's about freedom for me. It's about choice for me. No, he said, I just don't want to. Doesn't look good. That was his answer. Go look it up. I'm not, I'm not making that up. His answer for not putting on a mask was basically, I just don't want to. It won't look good. I'm meeting kings and queens and leaders of other. No, you weren't. He wasn't meeting anybody at the time, but that was his answer. He gave the answer for not putting on a mask that a 10-year-old would give for not eating his peas. I just don't want to. It was the media and the conservative politicians that came up with the freedom answer for not putting on a mask because they know their audience. Anytime you're trying to explain why you're doing something stupid, freedom and all of it, every last bit of it has been born out of Donald Trump's ego, out of Donald Trump's inability to put that mask on and give a visible representation of being wrong.
if that don't make you angry. And let's slide right from anger to frustration. Republicans hate mandates until they are making it mandatory to have an ID to vote. There was a time when it wasn't mandatory to tie yourself to a skyscraper when you were building it. Then someone probably fell off the top of the skyscraper and they said, hey, we should make it mandatory that they tie themselves to these skyscrapers, not because they could fall off and kill themselves, but they might land on somebody and kill them. I can't wait until there's a hurricane and Florida and DeSantis has to come out and announce there's a mandatory evacuation order in place. When the hurricane's coming, DeSantis will stand there with the windbreaker with people behind him and issue the mandatory evacuation order. And it's not because of a certain individual that won't leave. That's not why they make the mandatory evacuation orders. It's to protect other people. It's to protect the first responders. They'll say it. We don't want to put other people's lives at risk to come and save you because you won't leave. If you stay, you're on your own. But in a pandemic, you can't say if you don't want to put on a mask or you don't want to get a vaccine, you're on your own. So you mandate things to protect other people as you do in a hurricane. It's frustrating because you could just go on and on and on smoking on airplanes. You can't do it. Going into a business without a shirt or shoes on. You can't do it. Urinating in public. You can't do it. These are all things that are all about public health, about protecting public health. And I just know people aren't this stupid. I know they aren't. I know they know about all of these things and they know why they exist and they know it doesn't take away your freedom. You can't wear a Black Lives Matter shirt to work at McDonald's if you want to. Your First Amendment right does not allow you to do that. McDonald's can tell you, no, we have a uniform. You can't wear that shirt. You can't make a statement while you're at work. That's where your First Amendment right ends. We know this. We know there are limitations to all of our rights in this country. So it's very frustrating to hear people talk about my freedoms and these mandates and you can't do this and I want to do that and all of these things during a public health crisis. When the public health, not just your health, the public health is in jeopardy. And what's really frustrating is to see how upset people get when you try and discuss this with them, when you try and tell them the risk that could come from this behavior. They want to chew your head off. And so you try and explain it in a way that they can understand. When you leave your house, do you take your gun? You're doggone right I do. What for? For protection. Protection against what? In case a gunfight breaks out. What are the odds of that? Extremely low. Same thing with a mask. Same thing with a mask. If you believe the odds of a child being infected and made seriously sick by COVID, the odds are extremely, extremely low. Put that mask on just in case for protection. The same way you take that gun with you, just in case for protection. The same way you have 20 guns in your house, just in case for protection. Because you know the saying, 
I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I'd rather put a mask on. I'd rather see a child with a mask on just in case for protection. And what happens if I'm wrong? What happens if I'm wrong and we find out, you know what? That mask really didn't make that big a difference. What happens? Nothing. But what happens if you're wrong? What happens if you're wrong and the mask would have made a huge difference? The last thing on frustration is hearing people continue to say, we don't know what's in the vaccine. I don't want to take it. We don't even know what's in it. You don't know what's in the water coming out of your tap. You have no idea. But you have some level of trust in the government that it's safe. It's safe to drink, maybe. It's safe to cook with, safe to wash your hands in. You trust the government that that water doesn't have anything in it that'll kill you. And unless you live in Michigan, you're probably right. So stop saying we don't know what's in the vaccine and have just a little bit of faith that the government probably isn't trying to kill all of us. So that was anger, sadness, frustration. Sorry, I ran out of time for happy. I, I can't make you happy. I have to leave you frustrated. That's what my wife would say. <laughs> I was going to play this great story for you from Real Sports about this young 10-year-old kid who is a chess master. It was a really nice story. Hang on. Let me see. Let me see if I can play it real quick. Hang on. Right now we have a terrific story of triumph. Taniade Wumi came to this country as a refugee. His family lived in a homeless shelter. Now he's one of America's youngest chess masters at the age of 10, and he's just getting started. Good morning, Tani. How are you today? I'm doing very good. You are doing very well, and you're looking very sharp this morning as well. So tell us how it feels to be a master at the age of 10. It feels very wonderful. feels very good because I've been trying to get it for some time now since the pandemic. So it feels very relieving to get the time. Not all that much time. You're only 10. But, <laughs> but tell us how you first came to chess. So how I first came to chess was definitely back in Nigeria where I saw my dad's computer. And I saw this app it was just called chess. I didn't really know what it was. I just looked at it for like what, one minute, then I left. But when we came to America, I actually played on a real board with my brother, and he got it. He got the idea from his school. So we just played some moves, but it wasn't exact the way that chess would be played. So when you come back on GMA at the age of 20, what are we going to be talking about? Me becoming Grandmaster. All right. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on all your hard work. We love your smile. We love your initiative. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Thank you. So that was a nice story. Thought it would make you happy. I don't know if it made you as happy as I thought it was going to make you happy when I saw it on Real Sports, but I can't find it on Real Sports, doggone HBO. But hey, listen, they can't all be winners. But still, that version was from Good Morning America and nice little interview with this little boy, his family. Um, fled from Nigeria. The whole story, if you could have heard it on Real Sports, his father owned a printing business and ISIS, no, not ISIS, excuse me, Boko Haram came in and wanted him to print some posters. Um, You know, Boko Haram, terrorist organization. And the father said, no, I won't 
print the posters. And so within a few days, the father started getting death threats from Boko Haram. So he grabbed up his family, the wife, the two boys, and came to the United States as a refugee, and they were homeless. And long story short, the story about this little seven-year-old at the time playing chess gets out, and America, the greatest country in the world, starts a GoFundMe, raises over a quarter of a million dollars for the family. Uh, Someone donates an apartment to them. Someone donates a car to them. And three years later, the little boy is a chess master on his way to becoming a chess grandmaster. So I thought it was a really nice story, something to leave you with to make you a little bit happier after the rest of the show. But but if you hate chess and you're a fan of Boko Haram, I don't know, maybe it didn't make you happy. But that's the show. Thanks for listening. Much appreciated. Next show, I'm going to try and get off of the COVID thing for a while. Hopefully we'll be able to do that. There's some other issues I really do want to talk about. Spending, infrastructure, immigration, a lot of things going on with this Biden administration I'm not too thrilled with. So look out for that next show. Check out the website, www.thecomparisongroup.com. Follow me on Twitter. Comment on Twitter at comparison underscore show at comparison underscore show. Thanks a lot. I'll see you next time.